Bishop Chester Wright, and this is the video teaching series, The Biblical Principles Governing the Eyes. The, this is lesson 28, and in the last lesson, we asked the question, are you living in the darkness or living in the light? Uh, we need to go further on this uh, and cover some other scriptures that are very, very critical to this. The reason being is, according to the Apostle Paul, I must first I must come out of darkness if I expect to go into the light. The uh, church, the word church is a translation of the Greek word ekklesia, and uh, the paraphrase of that Greek definition is the assembly of the called out ones. So we are called out of the world to go into the assembly of the body of Christ. We're called out of darkness into light, called out of darkness into his marvelous light. So in Paul's writings, we're admonished by the Holy Ghost to come out from among those who mix him and his truths with this world. That's what it says. And he commanded us to touch not the unclean thing. If we do as the Lord has commanded, what is the result? The result is the Father will welcome into his house those who make the choice to be set apart unto him. That is the condition, to be welcomed into the Lord's fellowship and abide in his house and him abide in us. We have to make the choice to be set apart from the world and be set apart unto him. That's called, that's the word holy or holiness. The following verses could not be clearer or more specific, and uh, neither could the conditions and promises of separation be more potently and emphatically stated. So we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6 all the way down through from verse 14 all the way down to chapter 7 verse 1. This is very pointed, very specific. Paul is writing. The Holy Ghost is speaking. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk with them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, another conclusive conjunctive, uh, wherefore, Come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. The scripture says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness 
in the fear of God. Now, these are very, very critical things that we need to hear, understand, and receive here. This is so pointed. Now, to really help us understand what the Lord is saying here, there's a couple of words uh, that I'd like to point out what their Greek word means, Greek those, their Greek word means, so that you can really fully understand this. I'd like to start with this particular word. He says in verse 17, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. He said, What, 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 what fellowship hath light with doctrine? Darkness. What communion, or what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? What concord hath Christ with Belial? You know, uh, you know. How can we be a part of Him and be a part of that too? We cannot be. That's the deception, and that's the line He draws. And we cannot be on a, both sides of that line simultaneously. There are those that preach you can, but they're lying. They may be totally deceived and believe the lie themselves, but what they're saying is not truth. It's not biblical truth. I cannot act like the world, talk like the world, think like the world, love what the world loves, look like the world, follow the fads and fashions of the world, and be a child of God. I cannot be that. Now, I acknowledge that when someone comes to God, coming out of the world is not an event. Being saved from my sins is an event. But it's a process that the Lord brings me through. It's the justification and sanctification process that the Lord brings me through. But the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, If I have the Holy Spirit in here, the Holy Spirit is working at all times to bring me into holiness. And what is that very simply? The word holiness means separated from the world, separated unto God. It's not a, it's not enough to not be like the world. If I don't become like God, it's not enough to, to separate myself from the world. If I don't come into fellowship, full fellowship with God. And so the word separate here means, this is the Greek word definition, to set off by boundary, figuratively to limit, to exclude, to appoint, etc. It comes from two Greek words. The first Greek word is the preposition uh, that means to offer away. Moving something from something near away from that. And it's the word to mark out or bound. So the purpose of a boundary is to move us off or away from something. To create a line that we do not cross. Now, drawing lines is what God has required men of God to do. And men of God that will not draw lines are not faithful men of God. That's what God's called us to do as shepherds leading the sheep. He has called us to clearly mark out where the line is. When God 
<coughs> when Israel did not, uh, when God tried to speak to Israel, they said, no, no, you talk to God. We can't stand to hear this voice because God was speaking to everybody. God said, come up to the mountain and separate that mountain. And anybody that touches that mountain is going to die. So Moses, Moses drew the line around the mountain. Moses declared what the mountain was and what it wasn't. So that people could clearly understand there's a line. Do not cross this line. God has chosen the men of God, the pastors, the shepherd of the people to draw the line. Any man of God who will not draw lines for his body, the body of people that he is leading, is not a man of God. He's not. He's a blind leader of the blind. Now, here's the thing. Do I have the right as a man of God to draw lines arbitrarily where I think it ought to go? No, I do not. Do I have... Do I have personal convictions, lines that God has drawn in my life specifically? Do I have a right to make those personal things, doctrines, doctrinal lines for everybody else? I do not. I can only draw doctrinal lines where the Bible draws doctrinal lines. What is the purpose of all this? We're flesh. We're flesh. How do we know which where the line is? If the line is a a, a fourteen lane superhighway, uh, like I drove on in Southern California not too long ago, seven lanes on one side, seven lanes on the other. If the line is that wide, how do I know when I've crossed the line? How can I make a conscious, positive choice if I don't know where the line is? Now, of course. You would assume that anybody who wants to be saved doesn't want to live on just the other side of that line. You would assume that anyone that wants to be saved, they don't want to live on the wrong side of that line, but they don't want to live just on the other side of that line either. They don't want to do that. So when he said, come out from among them and be ye separate, he went a little farther when he said, touch not the unclean thing. And the word touch means to attach oneself. To touch. And it also means to, uh, comes from the Greek word that means to fashion or to set on fire. Thayer's Greek lexicon says it means to fasten to, to make adhere to, hence specifically to fasten fire to a thing, to kindle, to set on fire. But it also means when it comes to touch, according to complete word study dictionary, to connect or bind, to apply oneself to, to touch, to touch. It refers to such handling of an object as to exert a modifying influence upon it or upon oneself. So everything I touch affects me. So the Lord, the Lord, when he said, come out from among them and be ye separate, there's lexicon says that Greek word means to mark off from others by boundaries, to limit, to separate. It's not talking about looking down on people. It's saying, you you want a fellowship with this. This is your priority. That's not my priority. These are my priorities, and I separate myself. I separate myself from these things. This is the will of God. Again, what? Be not unequally connected, yoked together, bound together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? 
What communion hath light with darkness? This isn't going into some cave somewhere and withdrawing from the world. This is, someone said it very well. Holiness is not for the purpose of isolation. It's for the purpose of insulation. Because we are called to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. How can we isolate ourselves from a world we're supposed to be preaching to? That's why the love of God is what causes me to separate myself from these things. But because the love of God and the love of the world cannot coexist. They cannot coexist. It's like light and light and darkness. The definition of darkness is the absence of light. Light is light, but darkness is not something as opposed to, to light. That death that you can't even define darkness except by saying that light darkness is the absence of light. So therefore, there's no way for these two to be in the same place. Oh, well, there's called shadows. No, no. A shadow is blindness. It's biblical blindness. It's opacity. I'm not letting enough light in to see what I want to see. So I'm in darkness. I'm in darkness. But the definition of darkness is the absence of light. These two things can't coexist. Righteousness is righteous. Unrighteousness is unrighteous. There is no mixing of these two. They can't, they can't do that. Just like there cannot be any concord, any compact, any covenant between Christ and Belial, the devil. There can't be a contract, a, 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 a spiritual contract between God and the devil, between the man Christ Jesus, the image of God and the devil. There cannot be. And what portion does a believer find with an unbeliever, an infidel? And what agreement, how can the temple of God agree with idols? How can there be agreement there? Now, if you paid attention to these previous lessons, you've heard all these things referred to. Righteousness and unrighteousness, light and darkness, Christ and Belial, uh, believers and infidels. The temple of God and idols. And then Paul says, For ye are the temple of the living God, as God has said. Here, this is what makes us the temple. I, God said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. Not walk around in him. The walking that we do will be God walking through us. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. You know what he just said? He just said the condition for him taking ownership of us and claiming us as his people is that we don't fellowship unrighteousness. We don't have communion with darkness. We don't have a concord with Belial. We don't have a portion that we share with an infidel. And we are not in agreement with idols. Those are the conditions that are plainly written here in the word. That are the conditions for God to be in us and walk in us and to be our God and for us to be his people. So he concludes this way. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you. Here are the conditions for God to receive us in the sense of him abiding in us. And us abiding in him. Why is it 
that there's so many Christians that only visit God. They don't abide in Him and that He doesn't abide in them. Because they want to fellowship with the world. They want to fellowship with unrighteousness and, and have communion with darkness and etc. They want to live in agreement with idols. They want to be a Christian, but they don't want to come out. And anybody says, oh, you know, you're always drawing lines. I don't think we've drawn enough lines. But that's the problem here. Lines drawn in the flesh are not of God. But what happens with lines that are drawn in the spirit? You say, I don't believe that's a salvation issue. If the Holy Ghost draws a line for a flock of people through the man of God, that now becomes a salvation issue. If it's God drawing the line through that man of God. If I can't trust the man of God who is the shepherd over this flock, if I can't trust him to hear from God and I'm not going to follow him and, and, and obey the lines he draws, I need to find me another shepherd. If I can't trust him, some people we don't trust to draw enough lines. Some people we trust, we don't trust because they draw too many lines. Well, first of all, I got to ask myself, what is my motive here? Am I looking for somebody to give me an easier way? Notice these last two verses. If we come out from among them, be separate, he'll receive us and will be a father unto us. And we will be his sons and his daughters and he will be our God, our father. And here it is again. King James says, having therefore these promises, we would say, therefore, having these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. This, so the grammar here in the Greek and the implied here with the, the participle perfecting implies that it's not an event. It's not a one-time act. It is a day-to-day, every-day, letting the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost of God, and the blood of Jesus, and the Word of God, the washing of water by the Word, the cleansing by the blood, the sanctifying of the Holy Ghost that's working in our lives. We need to let that continue to happen. Not just of our flesh, the outside man, but of the inside. It's not enough to be clean inside and not outward. It's not enough to be clean outward and not inward. Holiness involves the whole man. And holiness is a direct product of our relationship with God. I cannot have more perfected holiness in the fear of God than my relationship with God has grown to. So when it says that we are to be perfecting holiness in the fear of God, it's implying this. I can't ever make the pronouncement I'm holy. I am I am progressing toward holiness every day. But as long as I'm in this life and live in this flesh with this sinful nature, it is a daily process of cleansing, cleansing ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit as we are constantly in the process of of perfecting holiness in the fear of God. This is the word of God. The word of God is speaking to us. The word of God is moving in our lives. Now, 
let's go back to this word receive. It means to take into one's favor. It comes from two Greek words. The first that means to or into, indicating the point reached. And the other verb is to receive. And it, it, it means to signify, it does not signify to accept, but to admit, according to vines. It is, it is to receive into favor or communion, according to the complete word study dictionary. These words were chosen by the Holy Ghost. So get this. The Lord said, Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and I will receive you. I will receive you into relationship. I will receive you into a place of favor and communion. But the conditions of that is that I am coming out from... uh all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, cleansing myself daily, sometimes moment by moment, of all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, while his grace is perfecting, bringing to completion and maturity holiness in the fear of God. The Bible says, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. I cannot see God. I cannot see God without being separated from the world and separated unto God. I cannot see God. I can't see his person. I can't see his majesty. I cannot see his glory. I cannot see his works. I cannot be a part of, I cannot see being a part of all of that if I don't come out from among this. I can't. So anybody that thinks that they can have a true move of God, a true apostolic harvest, while they and or their people are fellowshipping with the world on a daily basis, they've deceived themselves. They are the blind leading the blind. They're both going to fall into the ditch. It can't happen. It does not happen. It does not happen. Now, you'll notice very carefully here, I have not named anything specifically. This isn't about rules. It's about principles. Because if you've got the Holy Ghost and I've got the Holy Ghost, then the Holy Ghost, who is light, is going to reveal anything in me that I'm fellowshipping with this dark darkness. Now, what am I going to do with that? What am I going to do with it? When he reveals that to me, what am I going to do with it? Am I going to come out of it? Am I going to separate myself by the boundaries God has drawn from it? Am I going to cleanse myself from all filters of the flesh and spirit and perfect holiness of fear of God so that he can receive me? So that I can be his holy temple of the Holy Ghost and he'll be my God and I'll be his child. Oh, am I willing to do that? It is important to note that the Greek words chosen by the Holy Ghost in this text eliminates all honest hearted, honest hearted debate over the father's expectations that his children be different from the world, act different from the world and love those things that are the opposite of this world. In a previous uh, lesson, we went through these scriptures, but I'm reading it again right here. If we love the world and the things that are in the world, then the love of the Father's not in us. There's no middle ground there. First John chapter two verse fifteen: Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, meaning the things that are in the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. 
If I want to be of the Father, if I want to belong to the Father, I want to be a part of the Father, and the Father's full of light and no darkness at all, and I'm fellowshipping with darkness, how can I be fully a part of God if I've got stuff in me that he won't fellowship with? How can I do that? All that is in the world, lust of the flesh, and lust of the eyes, of pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. He that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Now, the Lord expects for there to be boundaries in our lives which divide us from the world. He expects that we will not attach ourselves or touch the world to the point of attachment. To the and, and how do I know that I've touched the world when the passion or the fire for that thing is ignited in me? I want it. There's a fire. There's a, a passion of desire. A fire of desire there. So he expects that we will not attach ourselves or touch the world or allow the world to attach itself to us. These are his conditions, not my conditions. Not the apostolic church's condition. Not the United Pentecostal Church International's condition. These are the biblical conditions for us to be received and admitted into his fellowship and to be counted by him as his children. Well, this is legalism. I haven't named any... Things specifically? I'm just talking principles here. Biblical principles. I haven't drawn the line because I don't know which flock you belong to. And the lines have to be drawn by your shepherd. I can't draw lines for you. I would be in trouble with God if I drew lines for you and I'm not your shepherd. It is the shepherd's responsibility for God to be the one that draws those lines. Somebody has to draw the lines. Set apart by boundaries. Who defines the boundaries? Your shepherd defines the boundaries. Oh, what if that shepherd over there is letting his people buy with that? That's not your problem. That's God's problem. Every man stands or falls, every servant stands or falls to his own master. Every man answers to his own master. You have to answer to God for the place he puts you and the man he put over you in his kingdom. And so whatever lines your shepherd draws, pray that they're, that God has drawn them and that he's not leaving any of them out. Because I'd be far more concerned that he left lines out than that he put too many in. Now, I will acknowledge that if there's lines put in that are not of God, they can produce self-righteousness because we keep those lines. And that is a danger. Adding to and taking away from the word of God brings a curse upon us. It's said four times in the Bible. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, and it's said four times. So, yes, the shepherd must, in the fear of God, make sure that he doesn't leave any lines out that God has drawn in that boundary, and he doesn't add any lines that God has drawn in that boundary. And I, as a shepherd, I must be, be careful that I don't take the lines that God has drawn inside of me and make them lines for the body, because there are lines in me that are not there for the body. He expects certain things of me he doesn't expect of them because I'm a man of God. That is the body of Christ. But I'm, I, in order to be the, there's a double condemnation upon the teacher because I'm both, I'm both judged by living what's taught and I'm also judged as the teacher and whether or not I live what I'm teaching. 
double condemnation. So, some do not believe that holiness, being separated from the world, separate, and set apart unto God, is a salvation issue. But allow me to ask these questions. Can a person be saved who is not approved of by God to the point that he refuses to receive them? Can they? Can a person be saved who has not met the required conditions necessary to be considered by him as one of his children? Can they? Can unapproved people be saved? Can fatherless children be saved by the father? Now, the obvious answer to these questions is a resounding no. If all the facts, scriptures, and commentary provided in this lesson are true, then we must submit to the Holy Ghost so that he can set up boundaries in our lives between us and the world. One of the most important places for this separation to begin is in how we use our eyes. That's what this whole teaching series is about. If I don't have, if I don't have holiness, separation from the world, separation unto God, in how I use my eyes, am I really holy? Am I acceptable to God? Has he received me? Not according to the word. Not according to the word. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I pray for you and I pray for me. And I pray for every person you have influence with and I pray for every person I have influence with that somehow, some way, that we could be what God wants us to be and do what God wants us to do so that we could be received by Him and so that He could help others be received by him through us. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, let it be so. It is so. God bless you. Amen.